I'm Pat Hyben, and over the past 25 years, I've sold over 7,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in volume. In 2010, I sold my team business to my top agent and went on book tour promoting my book, Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate professional's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. That book went on to become a New York Times bestseller. Now I live off the passive income streams from the real estate I bought with commissions I earned as a full-time agent. And I am committed to giving back to the real estate industry as so many mentors of mine have given back to me. On this show, we'll interview the world's best agents, brokers, coaches, and investors to help you make more commissions and create the life you deserve. Hey, Rockstar Nation. Some of you already know every year I participate in a success summit, a seminar, similar to like going to a convention and you see a bunch of agents on stage, but this is a convention online where you have a bunch of successful agents online teaching other agents how to be successful. It's a completely free deal. But I, again, this year, in, am a guest speaker at the Agent Success Summit. This year, I'm talking about Facebook advertising and how to make actual commissions, how to do the right ads, not the wrong ads on Facebook, what to post, what not to post, what's working and what's not working today, and how to start making money on Facebook before all the other agents out there catch on. This is going to be myself and 21 other top real estate agent coaches and top real estate agents from around the world giving a free summit. All this information out to you. It's a seven-day event. I'm giving away a free gift as part of me being on this summit. If you want a, a sneak peek and you want this gift early, just text GIFT to 444-999 or go to hybendigital.com backslash GIFT. There's 21 free gifts being given away because each speaker that comes on the show gives away some free meat and potatoes. There's going to be scripts, dialogues, reports, business plans, marketing plans, lead conversion ideas, pre-listing books, sample marketing stuff, objection handling scripts written out. You know, 21 free tools, basically, for going to this event or coming to this event. And again, it's free. You don't really come. You just kind of log on your computer and you watch the agents who you want to learn from out of the 21 or you watch all 21. To get signed up for your free gifts for this event, just text GIFT to 444-999 or go to hybendigital.com backslash GIFT and we'll get you signed up for the Agent Summit and give you your free gift as well. Hope to see you there. All right, Rockstar Nation. I have somebody I'm really excited about today. I have Neela Richardson on the phone. She's the chief economist at Redfin. And I want you to think about this. You know, what large real estate company even has a chief economist, right? None that I know of. And and she's been researching and research. I mean, her whole job is to figure out 
what's working, what's not working, what the real estate economy is doing for real estate agents and what it might do in the future. So this is what she is incredible at. And uh, we're going to dig really deep today into what you might be able to expect in the coming years and and what's happening now. So without further ado, Neela, welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Pat. Hey, Neela, why don't you give everybody a little bio on yourself so they can get to know you better? Oh, sure, sure. So I've been an economist for a while now. I've started out at Freddie Mac in 2005 at the height of the housing market. When I joined Freddie Mac as a research economist, I remember the exec said that the worst in the housing market was over and it would be smooth sailing from here on out. In 2005? uh, In 2005. And they were, of course, quite wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That's weird for someone to even say in 2005 because, you know, it was still hot then. Yeah, it was still hot then, but Freddie was just coming out of its accounting scandal. So for them, oh, okay. they on the hot seat, they'd seen the hot market, they were ready for a strong market, and they found it for a couple of years until the housing crash. So um, I, I left Freddie, actually, and went to um, the Harvard Joint Center for Housing Studies. That's where I kind of reflected on the subprime crisis and the housing crisis and the financial regulation and all the stuff that got us into this big old mess. Uh, I came back to D.C. after that to work for a financial regulator and work on Dodd-Frank regulations. And we now hear that the current administration and Congress might be unwinding some of those regulations. And it's curious how that will affect the housing market. After my stint in government, I went on to Bloomberg to, to help investors understand the housing market and financial regulation. And then finally, I landed right here at Redfin working with real estate agents and consumers, you know, the most important part of the housing market, uh, understand what's going on. And, and tell me why at Redfin you guys believe that it's important to be a data-driven company. Why is it important to have a chief economist at a real estate company? It starts from our founding. We were founded by technocrats, right? So we've always been about software and data and understanding the market and having a data-driven approach. But as an economist, as a housing economist, I'm the luckiest person on earth because I actually get to collect the data from the boots on the ground at scale. So we have over a thousand agents in most major metro areas collecting data on tours and offers. So in addition to all the regular data that economists have have access to, I have data from directly from real estate agents about the state of of uh, the local market, and I work with a team of great data scientists to pull all this data together and really get what we think is a very accurate picture of what's going on and what's likely to happen. Wow, that's great! Well, I, I'm coming up with a million questions here, so let's talk about the market now. Okay, uh, I had. Uh, someone else on the show, uh, you know, in the past six months or so that said that there was talking about demographics and they said something very interesting. And I'm not going to be exact with this because I can't remember exactly. But they said the, that they had read that the two biggest sectors, the two biggest demographic sectors, the millennials and the baby boomers, right, mm-hmm. were both looking for the same thing in housing. <laughs> At the same time, and this has never happened before. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> the downsizers and the first timers. Yeah. Um, 
th that can be in some cities. Um, boomers are indeed downsizing, though we we are not seeing it at the same rate that was expected. A lot of boomers are still very active in the labor market. They've been slow to retire. That means they still need the same kind of transit and, and home structures. We also see that a lot of millennials have been slow to do a lot of things, slow to get married, slow to have children, and slow to move out of their parents' basements. So <laughs> they're right there. The boomers can't downsize yet because they have too many people living with them oftentimes. Um, but for those boomers, <laughs> so so that enough, hurts a little bit, yeah. I know, lucky enough to have the the children actually leave the nest and have enough equity in their home to downsize into um, maybe a, a smaller condo in the city. And that's another important thing to keep in mind. Sometimes downsizing doesn't mean to a cheaper place; it just means to a smaller place in a more um, interesting and expensive neighborhood. It's harder so, too, right, because of the harder. student loan debt. Right, right. So, um, yeah, so we're not seeing quite the competition that maybe your previous guests have seen. We are seeing that both boomers and millennials like to live in cities. And mm. that's kind of that both groups are, are heading towards the center of the city. They want to be in walkable neighborhoods. They want to be close to restaurants and bars. I mean, this is something that they share in common. Okay. All right. So talk about... Let's just get right to the meat of it. A lot of people, you know, have said for years that real estate runs in seven-year cycles. Do you believe that? You know, I think that we are, we've become unanchored from normal. Mm. Tell um, me about that. So we had the biggest housing crisis ever since the Great Depression nine years ago. And by by rights, we should have had a boom in housing that has yet to materialize. And when I say a boom, I mean a boom in new construction. New construction is still way under historical averages, even though the de demand is, is as high as it's ever been, right? Especially the demand for starter homes. Yet we're not seeing builders, you know, fill that demand. So we never really got that boom back. Um, and so we have... And why is that, do you think? Uh, I think it's a host of reasons. One, it's been, you know, the financial crisis really took a toll on speculative building. It really like all the builders got PTSD essentially, right? Like exactly. they're like, I'm, I got, I got cracked so hard over the head. I'm, I'm not, not doing that. I'm gonna be just be a home improvement contractor. And so when they did start building, they did that, or they went into apartments. So you get, if you go to any city, all you see is cranes building one and right, two bedrooms. Yeah apartments that you know you have one kid and you have to move i mean they're not there to either they don't have staying power but they're expensive expensive and small yes so that's one reason um uh two you know we've seen actually that people are staying put longer so in the last 15 years the average tenure of a home seller has gone from four years to eight years so that kind of knocks on the heavy mm. idea that boomers are downsizing. They're actually not. Mm. Um, they're actually aging in place. Wow. They're staying. And Gen Xers who bought at the peak of the boom, the most likely generation to be underwater, instead of trading up, they're renovating. So all mm. this means is that we have an epic supply shortage. And, you know, you don't have to be an economist to see that. Okay, it's because really hard so to, for buyers to find stuff nowadays. Yeah, so to slow it down, basically, because... The builders aren't building like they were, and because everybody 
is staying longer mm-hmm. and many are staying longer because they're they're rehabbing their own houses right, right. or right. they're they're renting apartments that previously didn't exist right and the apartments are really cool now like if you go to these apartments i mean my wife and i went and looked at this high rise down in columbia maryland that we considered renting for a year and it offered like every it was like a party going on down and they had yappy hour with dogs every friday Uh, you bring your dog there was you know everything was down i mean it was like it was like a really cool place and that's never existed before so the apartments are really attractive so what's happened is you're saying it's a supply shortage now there's not enough housing for people to buy that's exactly right and we've we've also forgotten how lucrative the rental market has been so when what we see with our Redfin agency is whenever there's this affordable starter home that magically appears on the market, it's not just first-time buyers that come out. It's investors. It's people who want to do an Airbnb. You know, it's people who want to rent. There's a lot of um, both institutional and mom-and-pop investors who are still being drawn into the market by high rents. Mm. So. What could have been a, a for sale home is now a home that is going to be used as an investment property in the rental market. I mean, real estate as a respected asset class is probably more respected. You can, you know, whatever definition of that word you want to use, respected meaning people are comfortable with it than ever before. I mean, there's just tons of people out there that are, like you said, buying an airbnb them or buying this and long-term renting them, flipping them. Uh, mm-hmm. There's so many people uh, doing that. Yeah, that's the flip side of the of the news, I guess, is that it is a, you know, in 2005 and 2006, it was a booming market, but there was a lot of debt in that market. You know, it was a highly leveraged market. This is kind of the opposite. We see that home equity is at a record high. It's never been higher. It's it's a market with a lot of cash in it, and a lot of people are buying in cash. Uh, and so it's, in that sense, healthy. It's just becoming more exclusive. So what does this mean for real estate agents? Well, you know, The real estate agent's job, I think, is is shifting a bit. We're seeing that at Redfin. Consumers are so data-driven themselves. They're already coming into the relationship knowing what properties they want to look at. You know, that's kind of new. That, that I didn't know that 10 years ago. 15 years ago, when I brought my first house, my real estate agent gave me five fuzzy printouts <laughs> right, <laughs> and told me which neighborhoods were in my price range. Now someone in DC can be looking and know the neighborhoods in Austin because of these websites. They already know what they want to look at. They already know what there is in their price range. They know how fast homes are selling just by getting alerts on their phones or smart, you know, smart watches. And so the real estate agent's job, I think, is shifting a bit from an information carrier to more of a, a consultant. Mm. How do you navigate this new landscape where, you know, a well-priced home can draw out so many buyers and, and start a bidding war? How do you how do you make an offer that is strong and competitive uh, under these set of conditions? And I think that's where real estate agents really earn their keep. Podcast Nation. Boy, 
Listen, the emails, Facebook comments, everything is blowing up with regards to episode 500. Dale Archdeacon and Sam Monreal, the premier experts on real estate leads in the world, I would say, were on. And it was a phenomenal show. They have a class on Rebus University. They have three classes that are being offered at $195 each. The Certified Outbound Lead Specialist. Certified Inbound Lead Specialist and the Certified ISA Manager course, all with a ton of videos, a ton of tests, and a ton of special downloads to help you build your outbound leads, your inbound leads, and your ISA teams. And so we are offering them for a hundred people only. A hundred people only, we're giving a bundle. And in that bundle, you're going to get all three and you get them all three for 495 bucks or you can buy them separately for 195 bucks each. You know, take the shortcut, avoid all the mistakes, you know, the right way to do it from the beginning, right out of the gate, turnkey and easy, improve your lead conversion, improve your ROI, more commission dollars. I mean, just get the roadmap from proven experts. Your return on investment of 495 bucks is tenfold just from one sale, maybe 20fold just from one sale. I mean, the cost of this course has a massive return on investment, a massive one. Look at the five star reviews on rebusuniversity.com of all of our other courses. And you'll see that uh, we don't make crap. We make courses that are phenomenal. And these are some of the best. We have a hundred percent money back guarantee. And again, it's proven experts who walk the talk. They don't just teach it. They're in the trenches every day. Now, when I did the interview with them on episode 500, they offered their emails to the world. And I'm like, dude, you do not want this. This could be a mistake. I said, let's just make this bundle. We'll make it a hundred people for the bundle. We'll close it after a hundred and anybody that gets the bundle will give them out your emails. So that's what we're going to do. Not only do you get the bundle, but you're going to get their private emails so you can email them questions you have as you go along or just email them and say hello. And that will be only for the first hundred people that jump on this one way to get it. And that's just the text bundle, text bundle, B-U-N-D-L-E to 444-999. Just text bundle to 444-999. Get the ISA manager course, the outbound lead, and the inbound lead course, all in one. This one is one of the best. Trust me. That's bundle. <laughs> That's bundle to 444-999. Text the word bundle now. So what are you telling your agents to do differently this year than say last year or differently or differently for the, you know, for what's coming? Pat, I think you mean what am what are the agents telling me? Right. What are they, yeah, data. exactly. What are you hearing? <laughs> what am I hearing? I, I'm a data collector. I'm, I got gotcha. you. <laughs> they're they're the, the local experts and that's why I love real estate. What are they telling you as far as like um uh, you know, the next five years? What do you what do you think is gonna happen in this market? I mean, if if we if under the old 
quote unquote rules, right? With seven year cycles, it, you know, if we crashed in eight or seven, that would be 14. So we're, or 15. So we're already past the seven year cycle. And there's some people out there saying, Hey, you know, I think real estate is going to continue to go up, up, up and up. There's certainly people out there in the commercial arena that are saying the the cap rates that commercial properties are selling will never be lower. I mean, it would be impossible to be lower. So a lot of the hedge funds now and private equity uh, groups are starting to, to sell their commercial real estate pieces because they're so high and just pay taxes on them rather than 1099 them. I mean, 1031 them. So elaborate on some of that. Sure. So in the moment, like if you're buying this year, uh, solid rules apply get pre-approved fully underwritten so that all the bank has to go do is put the house prices down that's the best advice we can give to a consumer when you have a fully underwritten uh, approval of letter and i'm not just saying a pre-approval letter i'm saying a fully underwritten they have your tax forms they've checked your job incomes they have your basically like cash it's like cash and that's what makes you competitive in today's market best advice we can give but if i'm looking out um one thing i that's here to stay is this affordability crisis because of the issues that i mentioned they're not changing and also i also think that prices will continue to be strong in fact last march uh that or yes for march we saw um prices in in the big metro areas go up eight percent year over year eight percent mm. still um so we're still seeing really great. strong house price growth now just because prices are going up um doesn't mean that the market is expanding in fact the market could contract which means we'd see fewer sales less and less units or inventory that hits the market so right now, do you know if there's less units being exchanged than 2005, 2006? Oh, for sure, for sure. You know, when it, it, at that period, you, we were seeing well over 6 million. Uh, we're now around 5.5 million in terms of annual run rate. So for sure, we're lower than that. Another big difference is how fast the market is. We've never seen a market that where, you know, that one in five homes have a contract on them, you know, in, in under two weeks, under two weeks. That's never happened before. We've never seen it at Redfin since we've been keeping data. The market in March of this year was 11 days faster than last year. And last year was a record. So not only is, you know, there are fewer homes for sale, but the market is really, really fast. A house that is well-priced is here today, gone tomorrow, flying off the shelves. And so it's really important to, to stay up on the tech, stay up on what's hot, and move, be ready to move. And one way you're ready to move is to be fully underwritten, fully financed, ready to go, and just write the price down and, and keep moving. And do you think the transactions will continue to drop? You know, that's the hardest call we can make. I mean, predicting volumes, forecasting volumes, nobody does it. <laughs> we do it yeah. um, internally. It's hard to do. It's the hardest thing to do. But they will continue to drop if listings don't come on board. Sellers have been late to this party this year. Um, everything as of March should be at its peak. You know, we should see sellers listing at a peak we should see people touring at a peak we should see offers coming in at a peak and we're not getting that crucial inventory piece hmm. 
So without that crucial inventory piece, we think that sales will be a little bit lower this summer. So do you think that, and I thank you for that candid answer. I mean, that's, that's great, um, you know, that you answered that because it seems like unless some of those things you mentioned earlier, like builders start building more, right? Mm-hmm. And, and there's less apartments available that people want and all, all those things, then uh, we're going to continue to see a crunch in the numbers of, you know, that 5.4 million or whatever could get below five. You could go into four next year, maybe. So, yeah, I, I think what's important to highlight in, in the market dynamics right now is it's really a supply issue. It is not a demand issue. We've seen, we haven't talked about mortgage rates, Pat. I mean, <laughs> yeah, do tell. Really, let's really let's low. jump into that. I mean, we're we're looking at around four percent. Yes, after the election, we saw a big bump up. But what have we seen since that election? Prices have kind of scaled down. Uh, uh, sorry, interest rates have kind of scaled down back to a very comfortable four percent. No, it's not three and a half. But you can't always get what you want. Four is still really, really good. Four is crazy still, yeah. Yeah, and there are millennials who are in the market right now, today, who've never seen a rate over 6%. Right. It's crazy. (laughs) But it's true. What about the number of agents? Do you think we're going to see a shrinkage there? Yeah, I think we already have. It's a tough business. This has been tough. When there's not a lot of listings and supply, it's a tough business to be in. And so you, we might see some of that. I mean, it really, I think, depends on the business and the business model and the market. But this is an industry that feeds on supply. In some ways, it's always a seller's market, right? Because it's always the seller that determines the speed and momentum of the market. Hmm. Very interesting. I mean, have you seen and has there been an increase in the number of new licenses issued? This I don't know. This I don't know. I mean, at Redfin, we're we're getting our business. So I but I don't know what what other brokerages are. That's you, one data point I don't keep track. Do of. you know how many agents you have at Redfin now? Yeah, we have over a 1000 nationwide. Okay. And is that a peak for you? Well, we're always growing. We've been growing since inception. So, yes, it would be. Okay. And so tell me a little bit about how, you know, Redfin is set up because I know you're not a traditional uh, real estate company with bricks and mortar and that sort of thing. No, we're not. Um, We actually have a different business model. It's one where our agents are paid a salary and they get health benefits as well. So they're a salaried employee just like me. There's no difference. Um, And we are also paid in part, their bonuses are paid in part by customer satisfaction. So in that sense, they're paid, uh, some of their compensation is paid that the customer is really happy with, with whatever transaction took place. And then on the listing end, the co- the commission is less, well, right? Right. So nationwide, it's about one and a half percent, but in metros, it's one percent, one percent listing fees. And the reason why we can do lower fees is because we have this technology that we think makes agents more efficient. So we take that technology, we use it to make our agents as as efficient as possible and we use that efficiency gain to pass on to the to the seller and to the uh, buyer 
Very interesting. Very interesting. So, so let me get back to the supply issue because it's, I keep thinking about it. So, you know, there's a lot of hedge funds and there's a lot of big uh, syndications that have bought housing, right? And, and as, as buy and holds. Mm-hmm. And I know in several areas of the country, you were seeing some of those start to unload. Do you think you'll see more and more of this? No, I actually think that most big investors are here to stay in the rental market. They don't seem to me to have that interest of of liquidating their portfolios. In fact, what we're starting to see is them starting to kind of lobby together, form lobbying groups, um, trade associations to lobby for federal Freddie and Fannie backed financing of their portfolios. Mm. Um, So I think the trend is heading the opposite way. They're looking for government backed funding of keeping these these homes uh, for rent in portfolio. That to me tells me that these investors are playing a long game when it comes to real estate and so fanny and freddie have an interest because um that they're able to keep people in neighborhoods with a yard and room Mm -hmm. for several kids and have a neighborhood experience right Mm -hmm. rather than having to live in a high-rise right and this is an unproven financing scheme they're black uh, Blackstone got a financing deal with uh, Fannie Mae, but we haven't actually seen that deal go all the way through. It's more of a template for what could happen in the future. But you're right, you know, the single family experience as a renter might set a family up for home ownership in the future. Very interesting. Very interesting. So, what should real estate agents do? You know, that was a great piece of advice, uh, you know, uh, for the buyer to be essentially a cash buyer. What else? What about on the listing side? What should a real estate agent do to try to get some of this uh, limited inventory, dwindling inventory? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, you know, part of it is what agents have always done, which is really attract business. Now, we do that through our website. So we have, because we have a, a listings website where people can come to the site and look for homes and, and look at data, we, we get a lot of folks coming in the door that way. But the traditional ways of, of getting business to apply, knocking on doors, handing out flyers, really being top of mind as a brokerage and as an agent for when a person wants to sell their home and building those relationships long term. Because you never know, life happens, people don't aren't able to sell at a pre-designated timeline. It's hard to time the real estate market, time it at the peak. You know, people have children, people get divorced, they get married, they have to move, they need to get out of the condo and really being top of mind in that. And when that those times happen, I think it's the best thing an agent can do. Very interesting, very interesting. And great service because word of mouth, you know, we're a tech company and tech is is not a communal, always communal um. Uh, enterprise but word of mouth is still power uh, real estate is still local and talk to me a little bit about the uh, the virtualness of a uh, redfin and companies like exp and some of these others that are saying hey you know we're not about the bricks and mortar we're of the belief that you know you're going to see less and less real estate offices and it's going to become more and more of a virtual profession talk to me about that 
We're actually the opposite end on that spectrum. Um, we think it's important to have both. We have an, uh, a brokerage in every major city that we operate in. We have a physical presence in, in an office and in, in the community with actual agents. So we're not sending you a avatar. We're sending you a real person. Um, the biggest difference in our approach is we often work in teams, but um, there is a an agent that you can talk to because we think that that personal approach still matters. Um, the tech can't get you all the way there through the transaction, not for every buyer. So you have offices and employees show up to set offices. Yes. And or if they're not working with clients. If they're not they're working not with clients. Are they, do, do they have certain hours they have to work or is it more like a traditional real estate office where they can show up and do as they please? You know, it it is a traditional business from that aspect. And uh, but they're smaller. Are they smaller than your general office because of, no. of how it's set up? I, I don't believe they're smaller. I mean, I, I honestly, I haven't spent a lot of time in real estate offices. Just Redfin's, and when I uh, before uh, Redfin came into existence, when I was doing my own transactions. But it's a regular office. Um, the 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 uniqueness of Redfin is on the computer, but if you walk into our office, uh, we look and feel like another office. We're just powered by technology, which we think makes us more efficient. Mm, very good, very good. Well, Neela, this has been fun. I, I appreciate you uh, sharing as you have, and um, it'll be interesting to watch And as, as we go along. Is there anything you'd like to list, uh, leave our audience with before we sign off? No, I, I just want to rally about the importance of the profession, that this is the biggest financial purchase a, a family could make. And so um, there is honor in helping folks find their dream homes, even if it takes a little longer. Um, it's such a worthy pursuit. Awesome. Thanks so much for coming on. The Rockstar Nation appreciates you. And I'm going to put all of Neela's information and everything we talked about in the show notes. I'll just make it uh, hybendigital.com backslash redfin. That's hybendigital.com backslash redfin, just like it sounds. Thanks, Neela. Thank you, Pat. Thank you for listening to Real Estate Rockstars. Please be sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you're listening. All five-star reviews help us get better and better guests for your listening pleasure. And if you have a great review, I'll read it on the show. We are so proud of this show now with over a million downloads in 79 countries around the world. Also, don't forget to buy my book if you haven't already. Six Steps to Seven Figures, a real estate agent's guide to building wealth and creating your destiny. With an intro by Gary Keller. Sold everywhere online books are sold. You can always go to pathyben.com and find out about all things Pat Hyben. And don't forget to follow me on social media. All you got to do is type in my name. I'm everywhere and easy to find. I hope to meet face to face someday. But in the meantime, let's meet on social media. Thanks again for listening and keep rocking.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.